And you just want to go, fuck you, you stupid fuck. Looking like a bunch of frat boys at summer camp and shit. Yo, <clears throat> yo, hey, is this the 100th episode or is this the two year anniversary episode or is it both? No, nah, I wish this was, I, we're so close to 100. We'll have to do something for the 100. But we're on we haven't episode done... number 52. No, we're doing 60 next. What? Yeah. 60? Yeah, we're doing 60 so Where was I? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah so, so this is this is. Uh, this month, July, is two years since we did the first episode, episode zero zero. And that I was do not. I do not recommend that you go back and listen if you're just joining now. It's um, funny. I looked at the. <laughs> I looked at the imagery for that, and it was just two people on the the like icon, and not three. It was with. Right. It said with Greg and Javier. It's awkward. It, yeah, now. it's weird. I can't. <laughs> like I can't see it like that. And you know, it's uh, it's crazy that it's been two years because I feel like it really flew by. Yeah. Like I'll think about different conversations we've had and records we talked about, and some of them I'm like, oh wow, that was back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is wild. Um, Yo, so, I what's, mean, even, what's even more wild is I still remember when you both hit me up and said, hey, we're going to talk to Sammy. Sammy was the first person that you spoke yeah. to as an interview, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that flew by also. Yeah, I mean, big big bit of bow to Sammy. He, um, he opened the doors for so many of the thing, people that we've, you know, got to talk to. Because, you know, it shows if you're out there listening and you have some pull, all you got to do is help one person. And then it, it's like a ripple effect. Yeah. Like Sammy didn't have to like give us his role, like, but it all took us just one person to say, yeah, I'll talk to you guys. And, and, and then give us, you know, Hey, why don't you hit up this person? The keys and then it to just the yeah. yeah. And you know, Jordan Cooper has been really good about that too. He helped us a lot with far side Right. Yes. Um, and who are now like, it's funny who the people that we stayed in touch with on a personal level, like me, I, I really only talk to Brian McTurnan on a regular basis out of the people that we've interviewed. I've talked to Richie a couple of times. Richie actually was good enough to send me a video for a friend's birthday, basically made me a cameo appearance for a friend's birthday and that was really sick but um and you're talking about richie the original richie, sick of it all bassist yeah 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 with uh with the uh, mustache and the rat tail mm-hmm. nice um yeah it, it, and i i feel like i talk to brian mcturnan more than i talk to adam lentz these days you know what i'm saying what's up with that man Woo, not to get, anyway uh so no yeah definitely and and you know we've had so many like cool conversations um with more to come mm-hmm. um and a lot of repeat customers mm-hmm. and, yeah so i'm uh, i i pulled up a couple of things on the internet here 
First of all, I pulled up our Revolution Records discography, uh, which you can get if you have not signed up for our mailing list on the website, whereitwentpodcast.com. You can go there, you sign up for the mailing list, and you get emailed this Revolution Records discography. Yo, we have never utilized our mailing list. Anybody who signed up for this mailing list, the only email you've ever got from it has been this discography. We're not spamming you or anything. So I'm looking at what's coming up, right? Uh, can't close my eyes. Yeah, correct. What did we just do? We just did, we just did 59. So 60 is coming up, right? And uh, 60 through 70 for me has records that I like more than 50 to 60. Well, that's good then. Yeah. I'd say that's a good thing. Actually, you know, looking at this up to a hundred from 50 to a hundred, there's a lot of records that I like probably more than the, the last five or six months that we've done, which is painfully going, yo, it took us six months to get through 10 releases. But also I'm, I'm just noticing in the course of us doing this, we did scale things back uh-huh. to doing two episodes a month as opposed to doing mm-hmm. the breakneck four episodes a month. Which was plus really promo, not sustainable. Really hard for us. Yeah, it was really it's not hard. Sustainable. If it was our full-time job, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah if my, it was my, our full-time job. My wife has been a lot more uh <laughs> stoked on my current recording and editing schedule. Yeah. Then Pav puts in crazy work to edit these episodes, takes out all the ums and coughs and ice cube chewing and fuck and chips and shit. I was talking to someone that does a podcast and I was like, oh yeah, you know, and then I sit there and I listen to the entire episode and I edit and they're like, you listen to the episode? And I was like, yeah, you don't. And they're like, no. We just tack on the music in the beginning and the end. And I'm like, no, I fucking sit there, listen to the whole thing. Also, if if you've noticed, I was having a conversation with someone about this yesterday. If you notice, I've tried to do, I've gone out of my way when we do the music before and after the interview to not just put MP3s of the record on there. First of all, we could probably get flagged for that shit. Right. Good point. But like the Rage Against the Machine video that I put up and was immediately taken down for copyright infringement. Yeah. Yeah. So I really scour either my hard drive. I have a lot of uh, live and rare and demo stuff, but sometimes I got to go on YouTube and then I got to fucking download it and then I got to put it in a drop uh, garage band and it's just a whole thing. So it takes me longer, twice as long, sometimes a whole fucking day affair to edit these episodes and then put them into the format for people to listen to. Plus now, if you're a patron, you get like an hour's worth of extra content than the regular channel because we're, we made the post interview chatter only available to patrons. But also some of the interviews, depending if it's stuff that doesn't, I mean, we we do that too. Some of it only goes to patrons. If it's not, you know, if it's a lot of times we'll, you know, say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask about such and such. Sure. Start. And we, you know, pop that up too. 
I was just going to say Hobb does a great job with editing, and he's also been throwing in none other than uh, Jeremy Chatelain's Hot Tracks song that he blessed Hot us tracks. with. Yeah, Handsome came on the other uh, day on Random. Oh, my God. That I love that just record awesome. so much. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's awesome. Is it? Yeah. Check it. How <laughs> you'd like it. But I can't say that you would like no, it. I've learned, that. I've learned to to not say that you would like you it. You like Jeremy enough. You might like it. Yo, I it's like a Jeremy. Really good record. Okay, I like Jeremy and I like Helmet Meantime. Well, I like Handsome Record in 2022. I think so. It's a great so. rock. And it's a great, catchy, post-hardcore rock record. Yeah. Um, that should have been the way bigger. Player, I agree. I, I mean, I think I, I would love to do an episode on that record. I love. Yeah, I, I love mean, that. I, I, Jeremy, if you're listening to this, let's fucking do it. Because I, yeah. I got that CD too. I think at like Princeton Record Exchange from the dollar bin. Mm-hmm. Like it was already in like a promo bin, like within. Because uh, I think I got it a year after it came out or something. It was in a um, lot of cutout bins, and it, that's a crime because it's a good record. Listen, before we get into too far into what's ahead of us, let's talk about what the three of us have been up to for the past couple of months, including what you're listening to right now and any gigs you've been to and how long you've been sick. So <laughs> I'll go first. These days... I'm listening to less and less music and more uh, more harsh noise or ambient or drone than I have been before. And also listening to a shitload of 90s drum and bass music, uh, also known to people as jungle. Mm. Um, I, for, for whatever reason, you know, I've, I've been a fan of this kind of music since the mid nineties and I've kind of gone in waves where I listen to it, but just in the past month or so, if I'm in the car, I'm probably not listening to too much music with a singer and a guitar player. If I do, it's like idols still father, John Misty. Um, I, I don't know, not a whole lot of like hard, hardcore. I feel like, um, then why do you do this podcast? Dude. Uh, <laughs> hey, straight up. Like, I understand that hardcore needs gatekeeping. I think that it's uh, an important part of it because I don't think that hardcore is for everyone. And I don't think that it should be for everyone. I don't think it should be a safe space. Meaning, yes, I think that everyone should be like, if you're black or a woman or a mar- any sort of marginalized people, you should feel welcome there. I believe that. But beyond that, hardcore, I think, should be scary and dangerous to an extent. I don't, I, I might not fuck with that kind of hardcore music, but I can, uh, I'm not going to tell it to, to leave. Um, but hardcore gatekeeping, when it comes to if you don't like blank record, then you're not hardcore. Fuck off with that bullshit. 
Does that forever. even fly still, though? I think people Dude, do people that now. It, it just doesn't fly. It's so stupid. Uh, because people say that to you about your taste and some um, of well, the early it, 80s stuff. People or, say it it'll to be me. sometimes ridiculous stuff. Like, how, how can you not, like, crack down? Right. Yeah, that like, that review we got. I like, like that crackdown song. But like, there was a there was a comment that was like, "Oh, your criticism of crackdown was that it started with a K." You need old school New York hardcore opinions on this podcast, and it's like, do we? Do we need that? I don't think that we do. I don't understand how it's feasible to enjoy every single record on this label, and. On top of that, also, I'm sure I've, I've said it before, the people that think that Revelation Records is only a New York hardcore label are so dead wrong. Like, yes, those records were important and they were the foundation and they belong there. But if you don't like those records, so fucking what? So anyway, I'd rather listen to the Himsa 7-inch than the fucking the way it is comp. I don't give a fuck. And I'm so glad I don't have to pretend anymore that I like the Warzone seven inch. Thanks to Tim Singer. You're a lifesaver, Tim, if you're listening. Thanks for this. So anyway, I like it. I anyway. like it. I like that you have different opinions. It would be whack if it was just the three of us. Just if it was the three of us constantly circle, pumping circle up jerking, yeah. like, oh my God, I love everything that came out of Don Fury Studios. And yes. that's the only thing that matters in hardcore. No one no. wants that shit. They want to well, be. They think they do. And then right. they, they don't. It, they they be don't. Bored out of They'd their be mind. so bored. Yeah. yeah I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Anyway, but I will say there's a yeah. lot of releases that we covered that I didn't listen to when I was younger that I learned to appreciate. So that's see, I think we're gonna even be coming from into that the stuff that I've never heard. Right, exactly. And you're and we're getting into the stuff that's my shit yeah. that you're gonna be hearing for the first time, and yes. vice versa. Like I listened to a record today that maybe I've heard, but I never sat down and listened to, and I was like, ah, so that's this record, huh? Okay. <laughs> but but me and Greg, a life-changing record. <laughs> right. And I'm like <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about that later. Right along. But, but anyway, yeah. I haven't been sick uh, lately. And the only live music gigs that I've been to have, I think, been the ones that I've played. Oh, I did go to 411. Uh, yo, they sounded the video, so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so I, happy I, to hear that. Like They that was... sounded so good. Uh, people were into it. You know, there was a couple of stage dives, which Looks was fun. I, I didn't know what I was expecting because it was a bar show. So it's 21 and over, which is probably mostly a, the four in one demographic, if we're going to be real. Yeah, I agree. It's people that were born after 1980, before 1980. Um, but, you know, kids that I saw growing up going to shows and maybe haven't seen at too many shows since we were young, we're there, we're stoked, we're singing along, there was some stage dives, there was a lot of sweat, there was a lot of smiles, and Kevin Murphy's, I think I saw him tune, like, once or twice, without a tuning pedal, just fucking, no, like, by ear, and he, he hit every octave, he did the solos, and uh, it sounded great. Brian Balchak played bass, who was in 1134 and um, currently plays guitar in Into Another. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, Mario, of course, uh, Industry Pro. Dano's voice sounded great. They played a new song. Um, oh, video, the video. That was, was the new great. song. I was so glad to it see. It was fine. It was uh, great. Ke- I'm glad that Kevin got over his trepidation uh-huh. for playing. And um, they sounded great. <coughs> and I hope that it opens the door for... I hope Other. you get to see them. I hope they come to the I East Coast so and you get to see them. I'll and they, they played that um, the government issue cover. That's oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. That's the only the only government issue record I like. Oddly, is the Strange Wine record. That's like half an EP, and then there's a bunch of live songs tacked onto it. I love that record. And Mad at Myself is on that record, and they played that song. Yeah, four one one definitely owe a lot to that later government issue stuff. Um, musically, which I, I think they would, I know they would fully cop to, and they may have when we talked, I forget. So that's, so, so you did see a gig. I gigged. Yeah. Um, what about Jason? Jason. Yeah. What's up with you? What are you listening to right to, now? What am I listening to? I've been listening to the helmet record aftertaste, like nonstop oh, for some Jason. reason. Jason, yeah. what's this week's album of the year? Oh, what is this week's album of the year? Because I hit you both up with it. <laughs> every um, day. Every day. Every day it's a different album. AOTY. AOTY. No, I've been listening to uh Aftertaste by Helmet. I listen to the record Deceiver by Dive like all the time for some oh, reason. Oh, that's a great one. It's just such an awesome record. And I've been listening to the Unpleasant Living EP by End It, who I'm gonna see tomorrow night. Um, that's mainly what I've been playing. End it so hot right now. Yeah, they're really good. It's going to be fun to see that show. I'm glad they're playing Richmond and I don't have to drive up to Baltimore to see them play with striking distance. They're playing uh, a couple miles away from the house. So it's going to be cool to see that. I've seen gigs. I've been not as many as Greg has seen. Greg kind of took my place for being the number one show goer on the pod. Yeah, I had Um, a good run, man, for a while. It was just everything stacked up in like March, April, May. Yeah. You had what? How many times did you see snail mail on that run? Twice? twice and then yeah, you saw them more, twice and then once more in august and then once in september um i've seen shows i just can't even think of what they were i saw i mean i think the biggest one that i saw was the turnstile show that ended their tour oh yeah uh, ceremony that's the biggest one that i went to it's just more annoying to drive up to dc these days with the baby so i'm just kind of scaling back a little bit but looking forward to seeing the Avail quicksand show that's happening here with the Walter acoustic after show and no man. Yeah. It'll be sick. And rage two nights in a row is the plan. Um, So no, no sickness for you yet. No sickness yet. Knock on wood, but I do wear a KN95 mask at every show I go to and keep it on. Although I get weird looks by a lot of people that I think are just trying to hold the conversation and it's hard to hold the conversation with somebody. It's very hard, but honestly, um, your boy, me got sick. Now here's the thing. I don't know how knock on wood. I usually don't get sick. My family thinks it's crazy. I, I, I don't, I don't really get sick. I get headaches, maybe the occasional scratchy throat. That's it. I got COVID. Um, my wife got it first. So it didn't come because <laughs> at first everyone would be like, well, you're going to all these shows. I, I too keep the KN95 with the tight seal. Yes. Frustrating as it is, as hot as it is. Because frankly, 
at the end of the day, and this is what I was talking to Becca about, I don't want to get sick. Sure. So like people are just like, oh, it's not a big deal. You get it. It's like, it's like, well, I don't want the fucking flu. Even if that's the case, right? Even if, you know, we're not talking about, well, there's people that do die from it and this and that on a superficial level. I don't like being sick. I lost a week of my life just laying in bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did get over that. Um, Gigs. I went to um, Bikini Kill was postponed like it was for most people. So I don't know when that will be. Uh, I saw the Melvins. Uh, the night before I moved, I moved. Um, and that was awesome. They're always great. And I saw failure about a week before that. Basically just like old guy stuff, you know, um, listening to as for, uh, end it that ended EP. I agree. is just some really good hardcore. Um, and then I went down while I was sick. I went down a huge rabbit hole. Um, the band Jellyfish, who I heard for the first time maybe about a year ago. And um, they had two records. They're fantastic. They're not for everyone, even though they should be. But it's like power pop mixed with like Beach Boys and like almost like Queen and maybe like Super Tramp and Electric Light Orchestra. Like it's fucking wild. Well, they also. Not that that has... Uh, they were on a major. Oh, on a major, okay. The keyboard player, Roger Manning Jr., he um, played on a lot of Morrissey recordings, I think, in the in the 2000s. And uh, he played on a bunch of Blink-182, like he's doing the piano on Adam's song. Um, but the singer is the drummer, and he plays like a stand-up kit. It's, uh, I don't like that. It's why, dude, you got to see it. You hear it and you go, you got to see it. And it like, it works somehow. It's crazy. But yeah, them. And, you know, I do that Instagram with my record collection, my records ranked. So I've been playing a ton of Red Cross because right now they're who I'm, um, you know, posting their catalog. So Jellyfish and Red Cross sort of go hand in hand, the whole power pop thing. Um, and then that's about it. Um, let's look back at the last... 10 episodes we did texas this is the reason whirlpool uh we talked to ignite we talked to dano and Kay murphy and josh stanton about four on one uh we did Civ, uh rage against the machine which has Zach. now is now playing shows again that's yeah. right and um and the record has been released again by rev on clear a, i think yeah or metallic clear, clear or something mm-hmm. like that something like that um, yo, I, the kiss of goodbye, uh, conversation was one of my favorite interviews that we've done in a long I time. I agree. And I had a lot of people reach out and say they really enjoyed that episode, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And then we got to talk to the, uh, the four horsemen of the youth of today, um, which was a fun conversation and a bit of bow to Sean Youngblood. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he listened to it like three times. Really <laughs> into that episode. Um, I think that's super sick. Yeah, I've had some other people hit me up and say that they enjoyed it all. So, which is always cool to hear that feedback. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Speaking of feedback, apparently it helps us, and I, I never mention it. If people are listening, because we haven't had someone write a review in like a year, 
If you go on Apple Podcasts, I think it's Apple, right? Uh huh. Write a review. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rate. You know what? We don't. We don't it. pander to that. Like, yeah. I've heard that if you have a business, you shouldn't ask people to leave Yelp reviews because it's kind of like inviting some weirdness, possibly. Mm. But on the flip side of that, I shop on the internet a lot. And unfortunately, sometimes I shop on Amazon. For instance, today I was looking for a new solar powered generator to charge phones and shit like that because we go camping a lot. So it'd be nice to have a a generator to charge our lanterns, all that shit. So I sat there and I read the reviews because I wanted to see what other people thought of this device. But I don't leave enough reviews especially good ones for stuff. I do for eBay because I know that the feedback is very important, but this podcast, we never really like pandered to people to be like, Hey, could you leave us a review? Could you rate us? But we might as well now be like, Hey, yeah, can you, can you rate us. I'm only <laughs> asking you this once. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what is it? it says. It helps, but like, I mean, I think maybe it helps. It, I, maybe it helps the episodes come up in someone's search for the records faster. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Easier. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I need to leave reviews for all the podcasts that we listen on a regular basis. One one of which is 185 Miles South, which Hav was the guest on Mm -hmm. to talk about the Firestorm 7-inch. Yes, that was a a really good listen. Which was such a good listen. Sorry um, to interrupt, Greg. 100 Words or Less, Jason was on there. That was a fun listen as well. Um, And... Also, since Jason's not going to do it, um, Cloak Dagger has a new seven inch coming out in December. That's right. And playing um, the digital files are up on Bandcamp. You can hear it, and it's awesome as Thank to be you. expected. And uh, playing a gig in September, September tenth at the Black Cat. Right. That's right. With, uh, with Fairweather featuring B-Well members of Be Well. Yeah. Fronted by Brian McTurnan, who's Hobbs' best friend. So it, all, <laughs> it all goes full circle. Yeah. Um, it, thank you, Greg. Yeah. It's been it's been cool. It's fun to put out. It's fun to put out music. It's fun to do music. I'm thankful for anyone that checked it out, yeah. picked it up. It's at wearecloakdagger.bandcamp.com. Um, I enjoyed Hobbs' interview on 185 Miles South so much that I actually went and listened to Firestorm Seven Inch again. I'm not a big Earth Crisis fan. But uh, I gave it another shot. I listened to it again. I used to like them a lot when I was younger. And then I went back and listened to it this year. And it didn't hold up for me, but I got still a great convo. I got somehow stuck at the very end of that episode. Maybe because I'm the least famous person that had uh, a, a, a soundbite. Yeah, but uh, Golden up, against, pipes. up against people like uh, Scott Vogel and Busky and my dude Poi from rotten hell uh you know i could see how maybe my my opinion was well i let's just say i had someone text me and say i really enjoy listening to you speak like a professor about earth crisis and i went back and listened to it on the episode and i was like you know maybe i should have like written it down typed it out i think i suffer from that sometimes that whole thing uh, that was my second take. And I, I, I did one take where I just kind of stammered a little bit too much. So I went back and re-recorded it, but you know, those were just my feelings 
about the firestorm record. And, uh, I still, I don't know. I, I love earth crisis. Firestorm's not my go-to record to listen to, but that record is so important to so many people. And to, it really was like kind of a, a, a milestone in hardcore. And, uh, it was really nice of, of Zach Oxnard to ask me to speak on that episode. So really thankful. I, did I love that get, seven inch. I did not get the stammer. I, you know, I enjoyed what you had to say. Huh? That's nice. Thank you. So that's all I got to say about that. I went and listened to it and unseen Holocaust is the hot track on that record. Uh-huh. Is that what I said? I think I did. Yes. You did say that actually. Yeah. 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 I, I, I believe that too. It's like, uh, I like forged in the flames. Uh huh. The drum, the drum intro to that song is cool. Yeah. And I mean, firestorm is an undeniable hit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, like, it's like, it's like the, fucking, it's an anthem. It's like the fucking thriller of hardcore. Sure. Like it's, and, and it's when you, like, when you play those records too many times, you kind of just, sometimes you don't want to hear it again. You know, that's just, that's how I feel about th- that kind of stuff. Sometimes like, uh, because I have heard that song, I mean, thriller also, you know, I DJed at an eighties club and it was called thriller and we had to play the song thriller every <laughs> night at midnight. There was like our, oh, like our close homework. to midnight at midnight. That good was like, work, change of, work, you like that, that was like the changing of the shift. Like I DJed from 11 to 12. And at the end of my shift, I would put that song on and walk off and the next DJ would come up. So I, it's hard for me to listen to that song anymore. And so I kind of think it's the same thing with Firestorm. I just heard it so many times in my life that it's hard for me to to keep. Like, have they ever played a show where they didn't play that song? I would assume since, Uh, since writing it, probably not. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I don't Uh know if this is the case. I don't know that either of you have brought in a, a band like I do with Earth Crisis and Red Hot Chili Peppers that at one point in my life I liked, and then now I just don't like at all. Do you have a band each that is something that you used to love, and then in 2022 you just don't like at all anymore? Oh, yeah. I mean, Greg, more, hit us. more so records. Nobody believes bands. me because I usually just try to be nice. Yeah. So nobody believes that I don't like anything. Um, I used to really like Blood for Blood. I I couldn't. There, I have no desire to ever listen to any of that again. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of the drive-through like pop punk stuff. I loved that when I was you know twenty twenty one, and like I was into hardcore, but it was kind of cool because like Newfound Glory, who you know I know B Wells on tour with Newfound Glory, but like. I can't think of a conceivable time where I would ever choose to listen to newfound glory again. And I fucking loved them. Uh-huh. Like they were my shit. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff to me, and again, this is to me, didn't really age well. Yeah. Um, the only one that like I've, I've mentioned before is like, uh, uh, there's a few records of that genre, like that drive through pop punk resurgence. Um, and I don't even put saves a day in that saves a day is a whole other category like because i love saves a day um you know i always have um but like fallout boy because i think they changed into basically like a pop band and they did it so like kind of gradually and just i like all their stuff um and 
God, like I can't, I can't even think of anybody else. Like I really like this, the one, um, the second Midtown record I think is good. Like I played it like within the last couple of months and of course, Rev adjacent, uh, well not Rev adjacent, Rev and Jason adjacent, uh, the movie life that, that helped. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I quite enjoy, uh, the movie life, but yeah, like a lot of that stuff just didn't, didn't hold up for me. Like maybe I hear a song or two, but like, so I don't know, something about newfound glory. I just, I was nuts over that band and now I just couldn't care less. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about that movie. Life. Yeah, I think it is still really good in 2022. And I like that one the best at first. I liked the 40 hour train back to Penn, but I think when all said and done, there was, I like the rawness and the energy of this time next year more um, um what about you i i i shelter mantra is a hard listen for me now ah really yeah i i really i don't really go for that record anymore i'll listen more to uh quest for certainty than anything else in their in their oeuvre, oeuvre. um yeah i think that I can't really think of too many other bands where I'm just like, eh, I'm not, I'm not really that into it anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really listened to It's funny. I'll see people post pictures of stuff that they're listening to on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't played that for a while. And I wonder how, how that sounds today, you know, but otherwise, I don't know if I, if I want to hear something, I'll listen to it. And if I don't like it anymore, then I'll just take it off. No sense dwelling on stuff fair, fair. It, like i was looking through my itunes and some of the stuff in there you know i was like why do i have this i'm I'm never gonna i'm not gonna listen to this yeah. you know um taking up real estate um yeah yeah you know a lot i mean it's funny i, I always say and i think don't they say that like the music from when you're like it's like 13 to 17 or something is like the ends up being what I think there was some, it's like some crazy, like very short frame of time where that's the stuff that sticks to you most. And I've found that that to be sort of true because it's almost like I appreciate the stuff that I got into when I first got into punk or even before I got into punk that led me to punk. Like, you know, like some would call it grunge, but I, I won't cause I'm, you know, I'm not talking necessarily about Soundgarden or anybody, even though I like Soundgarden. But like, I mainly into listen to stuff that I liked in like seventh grade. You know, like Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Junior. and and all this stuff. Whereas like stuff that I think from my early twenties, I'm like, eh, I could take or leave this. Like the yeah. aforementioned, you know, Blood for Blood and Newfound Glory. Now I will say. I will say without getting too crazy, both of those bands also had some, uh, shall we say, I don't want to say political, but there was like other things that didn't help their case. You can Google, I'm sure. Yeah. And that kind of also um, probably made it even easier to just tap out. Yeah. Fair. Um, all right. Any, I mean, we just wanted to do a short little episode here to kind of, fill any everybody in on on what we're doing uh what's the next episode that we have coming up jason we got rep 60 
Just One LP by Better Than a Thousand, released mm-hmm. in 1997. Which Not is a big not, record for me and Greg. We're, we're in, we're in real, we are officially really, I know we're we, really we, in real time. We're really in real time. Yeah. Like I can vividly remember buying the CD and, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be cool to talk to, uh, I don't know, maybe Redacted. we'll talk to someone better than, yeah, maybe we'll talk to someone <laughs> in the band. We're going to talk to some of our old friends coming up again too. Um, we have a chance if, you know, if they're into it, we got Dano back. We got Brian McTurnan back. We got anybody from shelter back. We got, uh, far side again. We got Mike McTurnan. I know. Right. Coming up. Game face. I'm so. Oh, I had a ton of people reach out to me and say how much they liked uh, your interview hog with Andrew. Bizzard. Ah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that was a fun conversation, man. And honestly, we could have fucking kept going. We like both had to go. We had to leave, but that could have been. We like me and Andrew could have a side podcast where we just talk about like Southern California hardcore yeah. in the 90s, I'm sure. And he is such a nice guy. And like such a good memory and so stoked and like just been a fixture in punk and hardcore in Southern California since, you know, maybe I guess the the third generation of hardcore kids here, second or third generation. So uh, great dude and, and great conversation. If you haven't had that episode, heard it, the last one. Yeah, give it a listen before... Uh... You know, and because the next one will be better than a thousand. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm actually not looking forward to Far Side because I'm sad that it's the last Far Side episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm kind of bummed that it's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I wish, I wish, uh, I wish we had another reason to talk to those guys. It's not even like they had other records after. Still a little bit away though. I mean, we're going to be on six. Yeah, the rate we're going, you know. Yeah, yeah. that one will be twenty twenty three sometime. It'll be cold out probably by that point. <laughs> yes, Jason for sure. and I. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just uh, I'm really looking forward to now the stuff I can vividly remember, like a lot of these, you know, buying right when they came out. Uh-huh. So that's all Oof. I got. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. Cool. Well, uh, you know what then? To save time, I'm just going to read our list of twenty dollars patrons right now. Yeah, yeah why not? I'm Do special. It. I don't want to. I'm sorry that I said that the the dollar amount. Let's. I always try to say top tier <laughs> patrons. So, I'm just going to shout them out here. And you know what? I have a couple things to say about some of these people as well, and I'll say it in front of you, Billy Tanell. I went camping with Billy Tanell last weekend. And uh, Billy Chanel is a is an accomplished amateur photographer and really knows how to start a fire. So what's up, uh, Billy? Yeah, All shout right. out to Billy. Thank you for the support. Uh, and Billy, I'll put him on blast here. His uh, formerly known as Asshole Billy. He's not an asshole. My wife's like, why does he have that nickname? And I'm like, I, I don't know. He just does. But now we call him uh, Baby Billy. If you've, if you've watched Righteous Gemstones at all, that's the name of one of the characters. And so I call him Big Baby Billy. Anyway. No, no asshole Billy. No asshole I, Billy. Formerly I never asshole. even met him, and I know that's that's not yeah. a good nickname. Uh, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, who I'm also in a group chat with and speak to every day. 
and Brooklyn was also in my wedding. So there's, there's that connection there. Uh, Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger. If you, if you don't follow Chad Keplinger on Instagram, that dude makes some really great tattoos. He does. And I suggest dropping him a follow. Uh, Cliche John, uh, David Palmer, Dirk Focused, who was in a band with Andrew Rizik, uh called Focused. They were the first band to ever use the term spirit-filled hardcore, hmm. by the way. Ooh, and I, I, like I think, I think, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that Dirk was also in Starflyer 59, but I could be wrong. They were like a, um, a Christian indie rock band. Uh, our dude, JPD2, Jagannath Puridam Dasa. Uh, JPD2, what's JPD2, up? Hard John Cowell, uh, Quiet Keith, who uh, again is friends with Asshole Billy. So, Quiet Keith, I don't know if you see a, a, a trend here, but there was like uh, descriptors, there was adjectives on the, on the front of people's names. I don't know what mine would have been. Luckily, I was the only Javier around, so I didn't need a you didn't need that uh, mm-hmm. modif- modifier. Because there was someone else around named Keith 2.0. Like there was, you know. Is he quiet? He is He is rather quiet, yes. So it was like Keith. Oh, which one? Quiet Keith. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Nate of motherfucking Head to Wall fame, y'all. Head to Nate. Wall Records. Yeah. Nate. Uh, I've also, just so you know, I've been photographed with, Nate of Head to Wall Records, and it appeared in a local news newspaper. Um, so this Why? is a thing that happened because we were Why? at the King of the Monsters Fest in Phoenix, Arizona, and we got photographed, and they put the photo in the newspaper, local newspaper. When so, was this? Like fucking 2015 or some shit. Wild. Yeah, me and me and Nate go way back. Hung out with him at the Chisel Show. It was cool seeing someone IRL. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Rob Moran, uh, great dude. Yeah, yeah. Great dude. Um, uh, I, I text my wife today because Heartwork Coffee has these new t shirts and they're super sick, and I want one. And also, me and Rob are friends on Peloton. I'm a, I'm a new hmm. Peloton writer and I'm friends with if anyone uh, out there wants to add me on Peloton, it's the same as my Instagram handle all over this town. I'm just gonna say it once. Ryan Walker, Tim Shear, <laughs> Tyler of the Life and Death Brigade. Tyler Short also sings for the band Inclination. Great dude, great band. Good dude, back hard. And then I always save these two for the last. Siren Records, bit of Bo Siren Records. Uh, Greg, oh, you have a, a very personal connection to Siren Records. Uh, yeah, 100%. And then a lot um, of the releases, when I talk about getting them, uh-huh. when they came out, uh-huh. almost all of them. Were there nice? So you've been shopping there since you were a kid. I I first went in 1995 when I was in eighth grade. I was 14. Wow. That's awesome. And um, you know, Blair is a friend, a mm-hmm. dear friend. He's still the own. He's still the owner. Mm-hmm. And you know, he knows his shit about music, mm-hmm. all types. You know, knows hardcore, knows. And um, but yeah, like I'm thinking, even just the releases upcoming, like Better Than a Thousand, Game Face, In My Eyes, all those I bought. Mm-hmm. At Siren, batteries. You were, six, you were sixteen when Better Than Thousand came out. Yeah, prime age for that. Well, I love it. Like I asked Jason, if you ever happen to see a reasonably priced cassette copy of Culture Shock when you're at Siren Records, don't we'll even do. text me. 
If it's I'll under, it. if it's under thirty dollars, I will just get it. Just, just get it. Someone should re-release. Taylor doesn't thing. have one. No. Have you ever hit up Taylor? No, <laughs> I don't think he does. No, I don't think he does. He doesn't have any. That, I mean, like that'd be like asking me if I had any eighteen visions merch, and that's not even as long ago as yeah, as four walls falling. God, I used to pester Taylor about that shit. Yeah, I bet. Really? Even in like, yeah, I'm talking about the... Tonight, actually. Are they? Yeah, they played Chicago. They played Chicago like like last night. In like two days. And there's a lot of bands on that tour also. A lot of good current uh, bands. Anyway, last on my list here is Dollar Slice Bootlegs. I don't know if y'all are familiar, but Dollar Slice Bootlegs actually... It's not... The kind of bootlegs that you're used to, which is the kind of bootlegs that may I may or may not be involved with. Dollar Slice Bootlegs, you can find them on Instagram. They make toys. They make uh, vinyl toys, and they will put together like uh, like a Boba Fett with a Morrissey head or something like that, you know. And they make all sizes and modulations. And how is that a it's thing? Cool. It's it. Hey, it's a thing. And he'll he'll hit me up sometimes with like wacky ideas like, hey, we need to make a toy for this band or we need to make this or that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, it would be a cool one. I'm sorry if he's already hit you with this. The seamless cover. Wouldn't that make a cool toy? Yeah, I'm sure he could sell five of those. (laughs) One, two, three. (laughs) We got three. Three right I, you know here. what would be what I would actually I would use is the um the ignore us cover that would make a great paperweight. Yeah, that would the, make a the, nice like paperweight. moth person. Yes. Uh-huh. From yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Uh so that's our that's our patrons, our top tier patrons. If thank you, you patrons, thank you, patrons thank you. Of, of all levels. Yep. Because you know what? The the we have three levels maybe four they're all important and they all get different things and they're all special to us and love everyone so anyway i'm done fucking circle jerking with y'all right now i'm gonna go drink some water and watch uh skins the original uk series which is a really interesting show that's all i got about that so oh yeah well, I, I was watching um I think you should leave. Have you oh, seen that on Greg, Netflix? I've been watching that same shit. No. And um, <laughs> I watched some, my friend Larry, bit of Bo Larry, if you're listening. When I was sick, he was sending me YouTube clips. And it is like I was like in tears. It is hmm. so fun. I'll check it out. It is good. Oh, yeah. one last thing. If you haven't watched it on YouTube, originally on PBS, the series that's about Detroit hardcore. About Detroit Wait, or Minneapolis? Minneapolis. Is it Minneapolis? Yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. I heard that's right? good. Yeah. Yo, it's yeah. it's good. It's really well done. Lots of who's really good content, interviews. Right? Lots of lots of twisty mustaches. <laughs> uh, it's it's a really good watch, and I recommend it. If the episodes are only like 10, 12 minutes each, and I think they're up to like maybe six or seven episodes now. I really highly suggest that you, you know, if you have some Twist, some twisty time. mustaches. But, Speaking of Greg Norton from Twisty Do. Twisty Mustache Guy. Twisty Mustache Guy. Uh Amazing bass player and stuff. He um, recently was diagnosed with prostate cancer Mm. and he has a GoFundMe. So if you Google and you want to help out, um, you know, being that my, my other podcast is devoted to, you know, 50% to Husker Du, uh-huh. um, and they're huge to me. So I figured it was a nice place to say, 
to put out in the universe that I'm, I'm wishing him well. I saw he had some surgery uh, this week, but um, cause he's a fucking legend and I love who's do. Nice. Who's is amazing. Never get What's sick up, of him. Jason. No, I was going to say, did the replacements not have an episode on that PBS show? They weren't really part of that scene. I understand that they weren't, but weren't they at some point? Yeah, in like Sting is like pretty hardcore. Yeah, I think especially. so. Yeah, that was like that, their stab at, at hardcore. But the, but they didn't embody the um, the ethics as much as Husker do either. Because remember, just like Javier talked about actually earlier to close this out. And I'm sorry, Javier. No, all good. Um, you know there there should you know like we talked about gate. It's not for everybody. Uh-huh. I think the replacements kind of realize that real quick. Like, yeah, this isn't for us, and that's that's fine. Their hardcore records are great, but you know, the stuff after it to me is just as great. Yeah, it's um, great. You know, but um, whereas I think so, they didn't care about like supporting other bands and you know putting out their own records and stuff. Whereas like Husker Du was, they were the whole package. You know, mm. grueling tours and putting out helping out small bands and networking and things like that so diy or die yeah all right well we'll see you on our next episode with better than 1000 bt1k Bye. Bye.